cliffcentral.com Progressive, Progressive, cultured, and brave. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. The Thread of Exchange with CME. Live on Cliff Central. Oh snap They actually gave me A radio show I can't believe it <laughs> <laughs> Are we live Is this thing on Yes We yes, are live yeah, on Cliff Central live on Cliff Central This is The Threaded Exchange The most probably Unscripted show On Cliff Central I can't believe Gareth actually allowed This to happen Because it's about To get lit <laughs> Welcome to The Threaded Conversations I am Siabonga Beile And of course I am anchored by Lisa Majorzi Who is here to make sure That I don't talk Too much crap On air <laughs> And to make sure That I stay on brand And of course I've got the beautiful Bali Lisa with me, who's showing me the reins of how I can do this radio thing. So Lisa, it's happening, we're here. We are here, and we're on Cliff Central, and it's about to be crazy. Yeah, I remember when we were chatting about the show and, and what we wanted it to be last year, and the whole vision, and it's crazy how we've actually brought it together. And and most people don't know, the sting for the show is actually your voice. It is my voice, so I hope you like it. I mean, I think it sounds pretty, what do you call it? Sounds pretty radio. <laughs> pretty radio. For unradio born people, the radio voice. <laughs> as unradio people, I think that sounds pretty, uh, radio. pretty radio. And also for all the haters that hit my voice, guess what? <laughs> I have a radio show. I'm live every single Monday from 11 till 12. The Threaded Exchange is progressive. It's cultured. It's brave. We're going to be talking to incredible creatives. Um, as someone who is in the industry, I always find myself chatting and talking to Young black people who just have incredible insights, and I feel that their insights never live on any platform. So I've decided that all my conversations that I have in a private capacity, I'm now going to bring on radio. And I think you know people should hear some of the insights that we have to offer, and people should hear what we have to say. Okay, so obviously before you jump right into it, you want to give people like an idea of this progressive, cultured, brave, just on especially the guests that you're going to have. Yeah, definitely. I think. First and foremost, um, we live in an exciting time in South Africa. We do. You know, the fact that there's a platform such as Cliff Central where we can do this, it's really exciting because we get to create content on various platforms, including Twitter, Instagram, blogging, and in all this big social media area, I feel that there's also some valuable content that's missing. A, a lot of depth is missing and a lot of people still don't have access to those platforms. And that's why the Threaded Exchange is here. It's all about talking to young black Africans from different industries and connecting the golden thread of, of what makes them unique and how they're progressive and cultured and brave in their industries. And hopefully from these conversations, you also will be inspired. Um, I'm not here on this show to be a radio person or to pretend <laughs> like I am. You keep I just, saying you're not a radio person. I know. But you're on the radio. I am on the radio. Okay, I'm a radio person, but it's more importantly, this show is not about me. It's about giving the platform to to young Africans who are doing incredible things for them to share their story, and most importantly, to engage in lit debates about the things that people don't want to debate about. You know, lit. for example, today we're going to be chatting to Asana Sizani, and today's debate is the fact that she believes that minimalism is un-African. She says that minimalism waters what Africa is about. That Africa is about texture, it's about color, it's about vibrancy. So that takes out every blogger in South Africa. Exactly. So she's here to say minimalism is an you know is an African. And I wanna debate with her because I feel that magazines are dying. You know, and she's doing print and she's actually working on a new magazine. So we're gonna have a, a, a quite a cool debate about that. Asanda is here. Asanda come in, why are you late? I feel we should oh, call she's her. She's scared to she, come in. She's actually very late and I feel like we should 
call her out on that. She looks stunning. And I think <laughs> on her intro, when we intro her, I want her to um, so we'll be turning to Asanda on the other side of this. Progressive, cultured, and brave. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. The Threaded Exchange with C.M.B. Live on Cliff Central. Welcome to the Thread Exchange, um, hosted by Siabonga Beile. Um, as I said to you before, we've got our very special guest today. Her name is Asanda Sizani. Many of you know her as a fashion editor, a curator, stylist, culturist, and someone who just loves everything that is African. Most importantly, she's my sister and one of my best friends. And her and I debate probably every single day about various things in the fashion industry. And I thought those debates deserve to be on this platform. And there's no other way to start the show than other with you, Asanda. Are you ready, Asanda? I'm ready. Come to Tungbani. Who are you? you. Nazo. Yeah. Nazo. That's how we start. I, I know who I start. am. I know who I am. Asanda, how are you doing? I'm very good, thanks. Yeah, I'm so proud of you, I have to say. Um, my heart is bursting right now for you, and I'm just really excited and happy that you invited me to be a part of your first with this. So, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Wow. That was. <laughs> I think you made him keep well, quiet. Well, that's finish some type of way. I'm really excited to have you here. Um, Asanda, like... Everybody knows you as this fashion editor. You know, we see you on Instagram. You're beautiful. You're very African. But no one actually knows where the journey actually begins. My story. Tell us about your story. Yeah. But from Umdana Wazazlalini to this incredible fashion editor that's celebrated around the world... Connect the dots first. I'm not from Islalini though. I'm not from Islalini. city girl. Yeah, Epi. No, no, no. Epi. It's pretty much black suburb, if I call it that. I'm from Epi. And then I'm from Ekong as well. Um, I pretty much was born in Alice at Digeni, where people know Forte University and places like that from, from Alice. And then I grew up in Epi in Kingdomstown. Uh, my family pretty much moved to Cape Town uh, when I was in high school towards the end of our high school years. So, yeah, I'm born and bred in the Eastern Cape. In terms of fashion, where does that come from? Do you think growing up at Bisho in such a time inspired you to become, you know, the fashion editor and the fashion curator that we know you as today? When I was about six years old, my mom says to me that I said to her, Mama, one day I'm going to work for Forrester Creations. So that story actually, yeah. The bold and the beautiful. Exactly. It makes me laugh that story because one, it shows that at such a young age, I was very aware of the fact that this fictional um, world in the soapy is actually the exactly. fashion industry. Yeah. I don't know how I picked that up or how I knew. And then secondly, um, it moves me because at such a young age, I knew exactly where my path would be, where my calling is and what industry I would pursue and actively, um, you know, go after and be involved in. Yeah. yeah. And so you really was, went after it. <laughs> I did. I did. I was, I mean, I was surrounded by a lot of, you know, stylish women. You know, my mom was stylish um, in her her way and my mom was always that type of person who was like cleanliness is next to godliness yeah. um, she's very much into you know being neat at all times so whatever we're going through um, growing up whatever we had or did not have at the end of the day she always said Isepa Yonikon 
You know, yeah. you have to be clean. You have yeah. to be neat at all times. And go to a class too. Go to a drink. Fagi sepem ronyen. So that's how I pray. So like you can't say that's how I'm very conscious of swearing because I know my mom's listening in. I mean, Asanda, as you know, most man dingo threaded man funnel to wear. And I always tell you know people about my story about how you know I was also surrounded by incredibly strong mm-hmm. women who are very closer. Yeah. And I think besides cleanliness for me, that's where I fell in love with my culture. Mm-hmm. You know, from O Mama Bay to Babimikimbini. So all those things Did that also inspired you Growing up in terms of Because you're very African And you're always Such an advocate For for young African black creatives So did that cultural element of you start with your mom as well? It did, absolutely. I mean, um, I have uh, There's four of us in my family And I think it really uh, The light basically switched on for me The day Yom Kidi of my eldest brother yes. um, Where I saw my mom in full Tosa regalia for the very first Time I mean she always wore You know traditional pieces here and there But that day when she was so proud um, And she was celebrating Her heritage and her child And this whole community came together And everyone was dressed I, That's when I really picked up the art Of dressing um, How we mix these different Textures and colors together as Africans As Abakosa and there was music and there was celebration and um, I actually got to see her getting dressed, putting on yeah. her turban. There's an art to it. Yes, you don't just throw like a turban want, on. Yeah. Is twilo, there's this, I don't know what to call it, it's closer, but yeah. my mom used to take all these towels yeah. and then she used to layer them to yes. build this round for structure. For structure. Yeah. And those kind of things we don't necessarily talk about or that kind of artistry is being lost. Exactly. It's, it's yeah. an art and even down to the pins yeah. that are used, you know, yeah. the colors that are used and both spilled. Exactly. And the thing is, you almost earn yeah. um, your way to being that turbaned woman, yeah. if there yeah. is such a, such a word. Um, when, you're, when you're a young girl of a certain age and you don't have certain life experiences, you don't yet have access right. to yeah. certain lengths of a skirt and certain ways of wrapping um, your turban. And you don't get it yet and you don't understand it and value it enough. So I definitely picked up culture from there and from then on I was like yeah. I'm so proud to be Umkosa and I'll always celebrate it in yeah. everything that I do. Now let me ask you something I'm going to get a bit risque now. It's oh, going to be spicy. <laughs> I mean as someone who authentically is Umkosa, yeah. you know Umkosa is a part of your DNA. It's mm-hmm. something that you love mm-hmm. and it's something that you know has built inspired a lot of your work. Mm-hmm. You know, in now with social media and now mm. with sort of commercialism, we see references of our cultures all around the world. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people adopting it. You know, one of our, our brothers who's Tosa Olatuma built his brand, but mm-hmm. we know one of the struggles is people copying his work. Yeah. Now, when someone who's not Tosa taking ownership of the culture of Bingham Tosa and it's inauthentic, how does that make you feel? And when does it become inauthentic for you? The whole thing of appropriation. Yeah. I mean, we, is it appreciation? Is it appropriation? You know, yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, it depends how it's actually done. Yeah. If it's done with respect and it's with, if, if it's done with the right amount of research, as in really immersing yourself in these cultures, speaking to the relevant people, being a part of it. You know, I love Ndebele culture, but yeah. I have made peace with the fact that I'll never be Ndebele. You know? <laughs> yeah. um, and the thing is, I might style a shoot that's got like Asian references or, 
um, Kenyan references or whatever other culture, but I'm never going to do it in that authentic way. I need to actually literally go yeah. with to the Himba people and spend time with them or at least do some sort of research in order f- for it to feel authentic because there are su- certain nuances and mm. certain subtleties that you can yeah. never get that, right. Uh, um, yeah. If you are not of that culture, um, Olatuma is very gracious and, um, he handles, handles it very well. This whole thing of people copying him. Yeah. It's happened with Prada. It's happened with so many brands where it's yeah. like the similar, similar, similarities, sorry, are just so evident. Yeah. Um, but you know, it does make me feel a certain way, but at the same time, it's like we're getting Africa out there. Yeah. And I think for me, there's nothing that pisses me off yeah. more importantly than where I wear my closer regalia because I'm mm. proud and these beads are made by my mother and yeah. my grandmother in the Eastern Cape. And then someone has the nerve to comment on Instagram and tells me that I'm copying some other blogger. Like, what is that? Did you get what I'm saying? So we also live in an era where when we showcase our culture and who we are, someone will be like, yeah, but you're copying so and so. I mean, there's no such thing as being new in fashion. And mm. there's no such thing as there's nothing that we're wearing in this room that someone else hasn't worn. So why is it that we're obsessed with this thing of people want to own something that's not theirs or, you know, people want to own this concept of being African. Like if I wear print, for example, people say I'm copying Trevor. But what is it that, you know, in us representing Africa, why are we stereotyping, let's say, boxing Asanda? Okay, that's Asanda's look. If anyone wears or dresses like Asanda, it's copying. So why is it, why do people have that mentality in terms of representing Africa? I have no idea because at the end of the day, um, there isn't one person that invented you yeah. know, that you type of thing. You know? yeah. It's how it's done. It's how you do it. You know, you and I can wear, we can wear the same jacket, but yeah. you're going to start it your way. Exactly. You know? And I can't really capture the essence of you and be authentic um, and, you know, do something exactly the way you do it and carry it exactly the way you do it. Because, you know, fashion style is also how you, you, you um, hold yourself together. It's how you wear it. It's yeah. not just about the clothing. You can walk into a store and there'll be ex- the exact same repertoire of clothing, but we're not going to start it the same way. Exactly, exactly. So, you told us about the Eastern Cape growing up at Bisho, and you said our Pumis Lali. Yes. Pumis Lali. On radio right now. But moving from the Eastern Cape, you, you moved to Cape Town. Yeah. Um, you were a drum magazine. That's actually how I got to know Asanda because I was in grade eight or nine at the time, mm-hmm. and I think I sent you an email about interning. For, I still have the email. I know you showed me. And, Did you respond? Um, I died. <laughs> she never. She actually did. No, she actually did respond, but she's. It's sort of all it those was emails. Just that standard. Yeah, response. passing you down nice, to someone else. Nice I mean, to we know you want to do this thing, but Asia, try, try there. Other people. No, so, not quite. Yeah. yeah, but we're family now. But tell me, you know, about going into drum magazine. What was that like for you, and how did mm. that sort of define your journey in stepping up to our South Africa and, yeah. and beyond? Okay. Well, firstly, I have an art direction background. Um, I actually never studied fashion. I studied art direction. Uh, I thought I'd been advertising um, by that time. Um, and yeah, did a bit of a stint at JWT, an ad agency. Of course, I was a junior. I was a nobody earning peanuts. Mm. I, I don't know what I was doing. What um, is peanuts? And I, Would you give us an insight? What is no. peanuts? <laughs> 
t- typical intern assistant junior salary that allows just you enough. to make sure you just help in your Just enough. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, enough to get by. At least we were able to buy your toiletries and just like the essentials, really. Um, but it was a great opportunity. Obviously, an eye opener. Um, and then. I was actually, while I was there, I used to write scripts for a math and science show called Hectic Nine-Nine. Oh, wow. Um, and then uh, I was dabbling in various different things. Um, I was styling at Jenny Button during the holidays. You know, my yeah, mom yeah. raised children that love working. Work. You know, yeah. we had a work mm. ethic. My sister and I both have been working since high school. During the holidays, we're not turning it up. We're not doing yeah. it. We're literally finding work. something to do. To do. Yeah. So I was working in store at Jenny Button. I was writing on a freelance basis. Um, I was just immersing myself. So in how all. are you earning peanuts? <laughs> Well, I was though. I, <laughs> I was. think it's it's a fact. I think I have a very important. I think this is something that for those that want to step into fashion, for those who want to get into the industry, I want you to go and emphasize on the fact that you were interning for various jobs. Yeah, you were trying things that were not even within your skill set, but mm-hmm. you adapted. Can you just yeah. tell us a bit more about that? What made you say, okay, I'm not just gonna be styling for Jenny Button, but I'll go and I'll write a script for Hectic Nana, and I'll yeah. go and do this thing, even though it's not within even close to what I want to do, yeah. but I'll do it anyway. Just give us an insight into that. Yeah, it's important to stay to stay curious and to understand that you don't know everything. And in order to know um, a lot more than you perhaps know at that point is is to actually put yourself, you know, in those positions. Sometimes mm. you just need to go and pursue things that you like. I'm not actually no. Mm. I'm not actually sure of what I'm doing, but I'm gonna get myself in these difficult positions anyway. Um, I was curious. I wanted it so badly, um, and I think that whole thing of being multi-skilled and being diverse in what you do is so important. And right now, in what I do, because I've, I've actually gotten a little bit a taste of different um, aspects of the industry, I'm able to give more and mm. to be of better service because I know about a bit of advertising, a bit of branding, a bit of, you know, the writing, the production side of things. I know about styling, you know, I know about the modeling industry and, and various other things. But to cut a long story short, um, Chu gave me a call. He used to, it was before Chulap, it was before he was a designer. Um, he was fashion editor of Fair Lady magazine at the time. I had interviewed Chu and various other fashion industry people, everyone from Jordan Dunn to David Lale for a production, um, called African Couture. It was an SABC3, um, TV series. Um, another one of my gigs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Chu gave, gave me a call and he's like, you know what? Drum, have you heard drum is looking for a fashion editor? I know it's not really, you know, it's print. It might not be, you know, what you want to do, but it's an entry into the magazine space. I think you'd be good at it. Try it out. So I applied, went through the proper channels, did the whole interview process, got a call, went in for my interview. Long story short, is Alfenta. Wherever you are, I love you and I appreciate you. <laughs> she saw something in me, Sia. Yeah. Like she saw something in me and she gave me a shot and I was the youngest fashion editor of Drum Magazine and that was a platform for mm. me. It opened up, um, you know, so many different avenues and so many opportunities for me and it was a mainstream magazine. Yeah. One of the biggest magazines in the country. It's, hey? huge. So it's, it's huge. massive. It's a weekly. It's and, iconic. And, and it's also tied to you magazine, I'm correct. So yeah, some of the stories family. Would, would run in some of some of the editorials would shoot for drum. And, would and run. you know what? It, it, that didn't actually happen. Back then, it didn't happen that your story, your drum story would, would land run. up in you. Oh, wow. Yeah. But I remember 
in a couple of months, I had a fashion editorial. It was an 80s inspired yeah. fashion shoot. They ran it anew. Yeah. And it was like, whoa. A big deal. Yeah. yeah. And, and some people don't actually know is that I still remember that one of Tony Gum, when I first saw Tony Gum in print, was in drum. You had actually done an editorial where she was one of your models. Actually. And she looked stunning. And she looked stunning. I Thank still remember. You. And even Tim, I think great. even Tim Morake, when he started out modeling, one of his, the first gigs was drum. And I think yeah. from early on in your career, you also started understanding the power of the platform that you have. Yeah. And it's so crazy how all these, all of us young people who are now sort of, you know, on the forefront of the in- industry can trace some of our stories back to you. Oh, wow. And I think... That's one of the things I appreciate about you Is mm. that from the early onset in your career You always knew that for the platform that you have It's very important to bring other young yeah. black creatives And find let's, a way let's, let's all of, climb up together. of let's. collaborating with them Guys, we are live on Cliff Central Please tweet us your questions at Cliff Central Or tweet me at Siabongapeyile it's, it's 23 minutes past 11 We are continuing until 12 Talking to Asanda Sizani Please don't be afraid to WeChat us on 079 We'll be back with Asanda on the other side of this. Progressive, cultured, and brave. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. The Threaded Exchange with CMB. Live on Cliff Central. Welcome back to the Threaded Exchange. Uh, we are live with Asana Sizani and she's telling us about her story. Um, she's now a celebrated fashion editor, an all-rounder in the fashion industry and someone I think is low-key probably the most powerful person in fashion. And I know she'll disagree with me when I say that because she's so humble, but she's so connected to everything that happens in the industry and she encapsulates what it means to be a modern African in terms of being a creative, being an editor, and just the way that she mixes her culture to her work and makes it more modern is incredible. Mm. I always talk about the fact that, Lisa, that I'm so tired of how Africa is always represented from the outside, outside in, in and never the inside out. And Asana's work epitomizes inside out. But that's and I what, think that's why she's here today. Yeah, but that's what she's <laughs> describing. A little bit of everything that you've done has led you here to, like, when I see your star, I see a little bit of the whole world. Absolutely. And it's a great reflection. We're global. Africans we at the end of the day. Be. You know, we're born here. Our 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 roots, roots are here. Um, everything of ours stems from here. But at the end of the day, you need to have an eye that's outside of these shores. You yeah. need to be able to travel, whether it's physically mm. or through your imagination or through film and music and art and design and books, whatever it is, make sure that you have a global view about all things. Yeah, your mind is to stay open. Mm. Yeah. I think we're going to focus probably 10 more minutes to your story because I want to get to our debate. Um, because I quote, being minimalism is un-African. I, <laughs> I believe that Africa is vibrant. It's about color. It's about texture. And when you bring in minimalism, you sort of water that down. So that's what we, you and I, you're going to give me an insight into that statement that you made to me via WhatsApp <laughs> yeah. this morning. But I, for me, it's really important for people to, to, to know your journey and mm. to appreciate how incredible you are and, and the work that you do. Now, you are at Drum Magazine. Mm. Does Al give you a call to say, hey, we want you to come over? How did Al happen? And from Al, you are now at Ndalo Media. So yeah, can you just yeah, take us that journey. briefly through through that journey? And I want to also... Touch I'll, on the whole minimalism. Touch on... Yeah, no, I want to touch, I wanna touch <laughs> on the fact start, that... Yeah, start there. I actually also want to touch on the fact that Beyonce's sister, <laughs> Solange, you can call her one of your friends. I suddenly you changed uh, everyone's lives with that. So I want to also talk about that historic moment okay. between you and Solange. Right. So, drum. 
Yes. Okay, so um, Izal gives me this job and I'm thrown in in the deep end because I'd used to fashion editing on other platforms, um, but then never for print. I don't know how a magazine actually runs. Um, whenever I read a magazine, I didn't read it with the, um, I, I, I don't know, like more in depth. Yeah. And I didn't really understand it and the processes and all of that. So that was where I actually learned so much. Um, and I, of course, stayed curious and I asked questions. And I already had an idea of how I was going to, of course, you know, stick to the drum DNA. Bear in mind who my reader is. Make fashion accessible, but at the same time elevated. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to bring in all of my people. Um, I wanted to be that person that um, is kind of like the connection, basically. I wanted, the plug. If, if, if there was a new model, I wanted them first in mm. drum. If there was some new up-and-coming yeah. designer, I mean, I was just always going to design in dub. I was going to exhibitions. I was going to anything creative, anything that would keep me inspired. Um, and I used to walk a lot. Sometimes during lunch break, I would just literally take a walk down to, to in Cape Town, down to the yeah. galleries, and just walk around and just look at art for two hours and then come back. <laughs> I've got a story, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, people like Annalisa and Tony Gum and Head Honcho. Um, I was, I, I guess, you know, the first, you know, fashion editor put to put them on the pages, and it was just such a great platform. And I would walk into people's houses and I'd see drum. Um, and it was just this magazine that was everywhere, and I'd see my name everywhere, and it was like. Wow, this is actually an important platform and I need Mm. to make sure that I up my game. Um, and then one day, um, I'm in Durban. No, I was in Joburg during fashion week. I get a call. Um, it was Jenna Roberts, uh, the then deputy editor of Elle magazine and I was being offered fashion editor of Elle. Um, I was getting dressed. How does for that offer happen? Yeah. Is that an SMS? Is that a call? It was a call. It was a call. Was, we want you to be fashion editor. It has editor. to be a call. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. And I cried, Sia, I don't know, probably for a good two hours. It was just such a big moment for me because I remembered the first international publication that I picked up when I was in high school in King Williamstown was Elle. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking at the cover and Primrose Moluandua was on the cover of our essay. Um, she was, she was the new face of L'Oreal. She was being celebrated. And I was like, this girl looks like us, mm. you know? Yeah. She, yet she's on the cover of this magazine. And I knew what that meant. And I was just staring at it and I bought the magazine. And I was like, one day I'm going to work for this magazine. That's brilliant. I, I knew it. I just knew it. Um, so when that call came years later, you know, Unprompted, completely unplanned for. I was going, you know, about my, you know, career, I guess, and I was being offered an, a, an opportunity to work for this global fashion brand. And at last, I'd get to be more of me and yeah. speak fashion in in a more articulate way. I'd be able to um, create visual stories that are inspirational mm-hmm. as well as aspirational. Yes. Um, so it was a huge moment, and I really, really cried, and I was so thankful and very honored to. Have have that time. Yeah. Um, wow, that's incredible. So just going back, the fact that, you know, our magazine was the first magazine that you picked up and years later, you're now being offered a position to be the fashion first editor. Black. First black. First black. Yes. First black editor <laughs> of, of our magazine. During your time at Al, to be in the position that you were in, in an environment that had 
you know, a lot of white people, you know, who genuinely built a DNA of how this magazine runs and how it should work. And you are this, you know, young black girl from a show who's come into the space and who wants to occupy the space in a, in a way that is present, in mm-hmm. a way that it could be felt and in a way that it could impact other young black girls who had the same dream. Mm-hmm. How, how was that experience for you and how, and what were the challenges to be in that position? Well, I felt the, a sense of responsibility, for mm-hmm. sure, to represent who we we're about. Um, you know, there would be times where it's like, mm, that's a little bit out of touch. Really? We're going to put stories on the cover? Really? We're going to feature stories? You know, so you had to fight for certain decisions and it's not easy. Um, you know, you, you're in this boardroom and of course, you know, you have to respect that these people have been in the game, yeah. you know, of this type of, you know, this caliber of a magazine for a very long time and you need to respect that. Mm. But at the same time, I felt like there are some things that I know that I can also bring to the the table um but i think also just my approach is it's not it's not a forceful yeah. you know approach and it will be just in subtle ways um, i remember being you know introducing matlosa onto the l pages it was, it was the first time matlosa yeah. had been on those pages um and you know certain things like that where it would i, I do things like you know gender fluidity on the pages um i tell more African and more local type of stories. I'd make sure that each story has a local element to it as yeah. well as it being um, sensitive to international adver- advertisers and all of that. Um, yeah, it was, it wasn't easy, but you know, the team was strong and yeah. the team was very inspired and very inspiring. And yeah, it was an awesome, awesome time. Cool. I want to get into the first debate. You know, most of the time, I say this to you on a daily basis, where I'll send you a picture of the cover and I'll be like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> Sorry for my language. I'll be like, what the fuck is actually happening? And you just gave us a bit of light about how, you know, there's a system that you come into that sometimes you felt that this system was out of touch. Now, just getting a bit into that, when it comes to fashion in South Africa, I mm-hmm. always feel that the magazines that are here don't represent the current times of what is actually happening. What do you think causes that disjoint? So when I see an L magazine and it's Kristen Stewart on the cover, I'm just like, mm-hmm. who cares about sense, her? Yeah. Why is she there? Can you give us an insight into what happens when a cover has been chosen and why does it most of the time it misses the market completely? Well, sometimes... Um the decision lies with advertising, you know, if maybe so-and-so is the face of Cartier or whatever brand, and that brand is an advertiser, you know, they get the space. Kinda, yeah, yeah. Like, they're so, so an element of it is money. So there is that element. So if, so if Cartier is an advertiser in Asanda, Asanda's magazine, and I'm the face of Cartier, Cartier can say to your magazine, listen, you need to put this guy on the cover and we'll pay for it. Yeah, one cover. And some people actually buy covers, hey? Really? Like, wow. Like, like Sia will be like, I want to be on the cover. I'll write the check. I want a Destiny Man cover, Asanda. <laughs> I'm going to buy that cover. Um, so, so money is an element. What is the other element of it? Also, I mean, when, when it's an international magazine, I mean, with Al, there's over 40. Else, international else yeah. around the world, about 42 or so, um, different else. So there'd be, you know, certain, you know, you know, certain, certain cover stars, sorry, that just have to run 
you know, worldwide, if maybe it's a Beyonce cover, then maybe like you'll have at the exact same time four different L publications have that cover. Yeah. Maybe SA will choose a different shot. It won't yeah. be that exact shot that maybe Canada used or whatever country used. But, you know, there's certain things when it's an international publication just to keep that signature um, throughout and that standard, I guess, of that magazine. Yeah. Um, and then a local magazine will have like X amount of local ma- local cover stars that they can have in a year. And, you know, of course, it's, it's, it's having to motivate because at the end of the day, you're reporting to Paris or reporting to whoever. And you'd have to fight as a... As a local, the local publication fight yeah. for that cover choice. I remember the one year, um, LSA, we had Bonang as a cover and it was a Vuitton cover. Um, they paid for it. It was shot in New York. Um, and it was using the Yayoi Kusama yes. collection because Vuitton was launching Kusama that year yes. and they're an advertiser. Oh, wow. That's yeah. incredible. So. You know, in this African magazine space, we live in such an incredible time because we've got, you know, all the international titles, which I'm going to go and say that I feel like they're dying. And you have, you know, local titles that are starting to lead the pack, such as Destiny and Destiny Man, which you, you now work with. You know, what is the difference? Um, you know, which, by the way, she's now the fashion editor of Destiny. <laughs> now tell me what is the biggest Challenging challenges moving from an L magazine that is a, a global brand that is known all around the world to moving a, a, to Destiny magazine, which is a public, proudly African brand. What are the differences for you? And do you feel that you fitted better, more into Destiny since your vision is about Africa and celebrating Africans? Well, for me, it was a strategic move because I wanted to get into Ndalo Media. So it was Ndalo Media decision yes. as opposed to any one publication, any media house, whether it's Condé Nast or whether it's, you know, New Media or whatever, has various publications. And, you know, when you're like, I want to get into Ndalo Media, you see Kanye Lomo. She's an icon. She's a black woman. Yeah. She's, you know, started this um, media empire, growing media empire. By the way, there's lots to expect from Ndalo Media this year. It's We're going to get into that yeah. because insane. I want to know what you're doing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm excited. So, um, and you like, I want access to someone that's as reputable and globally, mm. you know, respected as, as, as Kanye. She's a businesswoman above all else. Um, I don't know if I'm there yet as, you know, in terms of having that level of business acumen and in terms of having those connections, etc. I want to learn from someone like her. So, um, it was, you know, led by that, wanting to get into Ndalo Media. And of course, it's a business magazine. It's um, a serious magazine. Um, and you, we get to shoot politicians and businessmen, just high profile people. And it was like, you know what? At the end of the day, yes, I've done and worked with style. Brands yes. and, and companies, but you want to mix style with substance. Mm. Yeah. So, um, a combination of the two is just very, yeah, very powerful. Yeah. I also want to say, I mean, I also, this is something that you taught me where growing up, still, I still am growing up, but something that you taught me where I'd come to you and complain about, you know, this certain magazine has this 
person on the cover. I don't know why. Why do you know white owned publications not pay attention to to black creatives? Why isn't a Ricky Rick on a GQ cover? You know, it's something I used to tell you, and you and you always tell me, why don't you just build your own magazine and put your Africans on the cover? I said create, create exactly. Mm. You always believe that one as Africans, instead of complaining, let's create. If we feel that an L magazine is not putting us on the cover, let's create our own magazine and put our people on the cover. Do you think that's the future of South African magazines in terms of, you know, Destiny, Kanye Lom was one of those innovators that yeah. said, you know what, all these other publications won't celebrate black people or or various black people from different industries as much mm-hmm. as I want them to be celebrated. So I'm going to build Destiny. Yeah. So do you think that's where the future is for us Africans in terms of print to build our own Ab- more absolutely, publications? Absolutely. Um, um, and it goes, it's, it's, it's only also for you. I mean, these words that I shared with you are actually, you know, paraphrase from words that Oluchi told me. I was interviewing her the one year and she was talking about Africa's next top model. And um, at the time she was going to be the Tara of yeah. Africa's next top model. And it was the first time it was happening. And she was like, you know what? It's so easy to complain about the lack of this in the industry or how this is run, how there isn't enough of this. Um, but it's harder to actually create. Mm. So she decided she's going to spearhead the whole thing and just run after it and go for it. So absolutely, that's what one of the things I, I admire about Kanye, for example, in that she was like, she saw a gap in the market in terms of what Destiny and, you know, Sabona, all the magazines that Ndalo Media publishes. And she was like, let me actually create my own empire and start it from scratch. And, you know, I want to build a legacy with this. So whatever gap you see in the market, whether you feel there isn't enough of, you know, you know, platforms or magazines that speak to, you know, the teen market, for example, or yeah. someone that like me, or I don't see enough hair magazines, or I don't see something that addresses these types of issues. Created. Yeah, I think that's a lesson there. So to all you creatives that are listening in, if you're at fashion school, whether you're at advertising school, film school, I think that's the mentality that we should adopt is that we should stop waiting for people to put us on. There's this whole mm. idea that, you know, Asanda's a fashion editor of, of, of Destiny. I'm going to say that. She's okay. I have to. I have to. I think there's also, you know, as young black creatives, we have that mentality of Uba Asanda has to put us on. Yeah, it's like Or we have that mentality of oh asana does this i need to copy her you know and i think with what you just said i think there's two lessons to be learned there i think more as africans we need to create more yeah i think there's not enough magazines there's not enough content you know to to sit back and be comfortable i mean when i went to new york there's a whole entire magazine about hair you know, they, 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 it's, there's all these different things that we are not talking about. You know, there's sustainable fashion. We, who's talking about that? Who's blogging about that and making it cool? You know, so there's all these different topics that, that I have not yet been tackled as Africans. It's not easy though. It's you not know? easy. And there's a whole lot of market research that goes into it. And a lot of people have actually started magazines and, and failed. Yes. You know? And, and decided I'm never going back again. And I know people that started magazines, they failed. They started some, another one again. Yeah. And, you know, it became, so the market is also very, very strange. And, yeah. um, it's not a great time in print, yeah. as we know as well. So it's a risk. It's a huge risk yeah. to create anything, but absolutely still go for it. With now. With digital, you know, you know that I'm very digital. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are and, opposite and spectrums. We are, we are on opposite <laughs> spectrums. What do you think of the fashion digital space in South Africa? Oh. And do you think it puts your job at risk? 
It do you think I'm putting your job at risk? Oh no! I mean, I'm no, in men's fashion, but do you think I'm not? When I say me, I'm not talking about me specifically, but yeah. with you know, with no, all these fashion it. bloggers mm. and you know, digital moving fast, mm. and now you know, we have to have, wait for a whole month for a new issue of you know the next issue of a magazine. And at the same time, print you work three months in advance. Exactly. So, right. how are you keeping up? You know, with that, keeping in mind that digital is happening, and. Do you think digital is destroying magazines or empowering them? It's forcing them to level up, yeah. <laughs> for sure. You know, it's you yeah. know, I, I think maybe a decade or however many years ago, no one anticipated um, this shift, and it's certainly here. And now the challenge is for magazines to create unique content for online, and then have the print as well in support of. You know, yeah. that whole messaging, you know, they, they have to live together. They have to live together. And I mean, there's amazing people doing awesome things in the digital space. I'm very proud of what you're about to launch, by the way. Thank you. Um, <laughs> it, it, no one's in competition. I think we, mm. there's, there's room for everyone. There's room for everyone. And I mean, this is the digital age and we have to embrace it. Yeah. I'm going to ask you, I mean, you, as I said to you, as I said earlier, you, you're one of the people that I low key feel like is the most powerful person in fashion in South Africa. Do you feel there's a space for bloggers? Do you like bloggers? <laughs> if you could choose whether bloggers existed or didn't exist, what do, do you do? You think bloggers have a, a you know, place in fashion? You know, Pharrell when he was asked about his hat, you know, when he used to wear those big hats, and suddenly someone was like, "You're not wearing those hats anymore. You're into poor boy cats and whatever." He's like, "It was for that time," you know. So I feel like the whole blogger movement, it had At a time. time. It was for that time. There were really, really big, influential bloggers, I think. Maybe there are still some, you know, that really have a voice. Because the thing is for me, it's like, what do you really have to say? What is yeah. your point of view? And these are words that are posed um, at me when I was at L actually, and I told um, Erla, our sub-editor, I said to her, I'm going to start a blog because <laughs> I was looking at everyone else with a blog. And she said to me, what do you have to say? What's your blog yeah. about? What do you have to say? And I really had to scale <laughs> back and think about that. You know, what is my point of view? What of importance what's going to really move the industry forward what's going to change things um, about what i'm going to create on this platform do i need it are there other avenues maybe that i can explore that i can be maybe of better use as you know there's people that are killing it you know in that space i don't do i think that i can measure up to what they're doing so it it was a lot of self um introspection as well um i don't know if i follow a lot of bloggers right now um, but I certainly, you know, go to business or fashion and, yeah. you know, you know, yeah. things like that, I, but I, not one specific yeah. blogger because I find like also a lot of the blogs right now is a person sharing their outfit of the day and it's like, okay, cool. But now what? So what? Yeah. if you're wearing this top and this jacket and these pants and yeah. are you educating us about the, 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 the textiles and, you know, the heritage of these brands and the stories and, um, how they're made? Are you allowing us to meet the makers of mm, these yeah. garments? Are you taking us behind the scenes? Are you giving us any it, valuable information? Yeah. You know, it doesn't think, really matter what you're I think that's my biggest hack about this whole blogging. I mean, I'm, I'm one of the products of blogging, but yeah. it's something that I really, really hate is the fact that like, People want to blog for the sake of being cool. 
and creating cool Instagrams, but they're not saying anything. Mm-hmm. You know, it's easy with, you know, with Instagram today, it's easy for us to all package ourselves a certain way and get thousands yeah. of followers. Mm-hmm. But most importantly, what is your point of view? Mm. So to someone out there who wants to be a blogger or enter fashion space, don't be a blogger because of the perks that you assume come with blogging. But what is it that you're sharing? What is it that you're teaching? What insight are you giving us that someone else is, is, isn't already giving mm-hmm. us? And also I always feel that being a blogger is not, I know it's going to sound very risque to say this, but it's not, it, it can't be, a, it, it, it's not a career. <laughs> and what I mean It's not your job It's not your job So <laughs> social media Is not a real thing Like for me When someone says like, I'm a social media influencer I'm like cool But what do you actually do Because I see social media As a way of enhancing What you already do yeah. mm-hmm. Without social media mm-hmm. So you're a fashion editor And usually Your Instagram Is your mood board of mm-hmm. what you into at the period of time. I work as a stylist doing men's fashion and I feel that I should educate men to dress better and be better. And so my Instagram highlights the work that I do as the threaded man. Mm-hmm. So, and now we're in a space where there's a lot of bloggers, but it's all actually air and hype. There yeah. is no point of view. And I think for me, that's why I support your statement where as a blogger, you need to evolve into something. You can't, be talking about what you're wearing forever. Yeah, your blog just needs to amplify what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think we've passed the stage. Oh, I, I mean, I, I was talking flat. to Lisa the other day and I was saying I haven't posted an actual outfit picture. I don't know in how long. <laughs> a because blogger picture. A blogger because I've passed that stage and I'm telling people I'm wearing this mm. today. It's boring, number yeah. one. And number two is what is it that you're sharing? What insight are you giving? Beyond the Instagram And they are giving that brand free publicity <laughs> On the platforms Because you have worth as yeah. well. You have your own and, value and, and your own follow- following And the coolest thing is Asanda you, you shared a video of Anna Winter Who was speaking at the Oxford Union And she said that In this day and age It's easy to become famous Because of social media mm-hmm. But it's even more challenging To be famous for the work that you do And the depth mm-hmm. that you bring into the space Yeah What can you give an insight into Because I remember you had a whole rant on my WhatsApp <laughs> about that exact statement, but I feel that people need to hear your insight into that. Mm. It, it, it goes back to exactly what you're saying. Like, what is your worth really? What are you actually saying? Um, it's, it's all about substance for me. It's mm. not only about show, showcasing your apparent style, um, but it's like, what are you, what do you actually have to bring to the table? Um, with all of that in mind, um, I love, you know, Anna Wintour's, you know, way of thinking and she's cultivating a generation of, you know, thinkers and doers mm. and people that actually want to make a change and move the industry forward. And that's what it's about. Um, I, I don't understand this whole thing of, you know, you want to be famous quickly, you yeah. know, and you want brands to send you Free, free products <laughs> Then what You know I don't, I'm not in this For the goodie bag Yeah Honestly And it's bigger I, than The goodie bag Yeah And I, I couldn't care less You know Whether someone sends me Something or not At the end of the day It's about the work um, it's about, you know, I mean, I sat as a, as a young girl dreaming for these platforms and these opportunities and for these ideas that I always had in my head to somehow be, you know, to gain a platform and to be appreciated. And, you know, I wanted an outlet. I never had a creative outlet. So it's absolutely about the work for me. And if it allows you to be Insta famous, then, you know, that should come naturally. But it's not something that one should be pursuing as yeah. a first you know, thing. 
I cool. agree completely. As a child, my mom always used to say empty vessels make a lot of noise. Mm-hmm. And that's, it teaches you substance of character. Yeah. Like the character of substance. Yeah. yeah. But you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's 10 to 12. Um, I can't believe we almost lost an hour on the show. It's actually a thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's about being a radio person. Yes. We, I want to hear about Salon. So we can yeah. go quickly. But on I Salon. think, uh, we're going to talk about Salon. We're going to also talk about the fact that you believe that minimalism is an African. Yeah. And we're going to wrap up the show on the other side of this. Awesome. Progressive, cultured, and brave. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. The Thread of Exchange with CRB. Live on Cliff Central. If you had just tuned in, you are with Sia Beile on a very, very new show on Cliff Central called The Threaded Exchange. I'm here today with, uh, with most beautiful women, I believe. I'm in great company. I'm with Palisa, Lisa. And of course, our guest for today, Asana Sizani, who's been telling us about her journey, also giving us insight into the work that she does and sharing her thoughts about bloggers, about the internet space, whether or not magazines are dying or magazines have a future and whether or not what creates, you know, someone not necessarily what creates, but how can you have more of a presence in the industry? And as she shared before, you need to have a point of perspective. You need to give insight into something that people don't already know or that you feel people should get to know better. You know, whether or not you're going to be a stylist, whether or not you want to be a blogger, whether or not you want to be a designer, it's very, very important if you're going to come into the space, you need to build what it is that you want to communicate. You can't come into the space wanting to be exactly like Asana Suzani. There's already an Asana Suzani. There can never be another one. Many have tried, but have failed. <laughs> I've tried have to you be... Tried? I tried to be Asana Suzani, but... You were hey, never going to get there. Brother, it didn't work. It didn't work at all. I mean, I couldn't even match to the hairstyles, so <laughs> I failed. So don't fail trying to be someone else. Rather, fail Do and you? keep trying, yeah. trying to be yourself. So... You worked with Solange Knowles, as, as you heard, Beyonce is expecting twins. Tell us about your relationship with Solange. I mean, I, I remember you were fashion editor, then all of a sudden there's an L cover, and then you're chilling with Tina Knowles and Solange on Instagram. Jay, just, just, just Jay. Just in a taxi. The same, you know the same phone, the same phone that, that, calls. Solange, that calls Beyonce calls, calls you. you. <laughs> Tell us about that. Uh, okay, so I got a call from someone inviting me to a small fashion week in Botswana, right? I was still fashion ed- editor at L. Um, so they're trying to convince me to attend this thing. And they said, Romaila was going to be there. Um, Areta Mujai is going to be there. Solange is possibly going to be there. So I was like, okay, sign me up. I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, I went to the thing and no Solange. But I had a great time with Oroma and all of that. So I came back and Oroma at the time lived in New York and she was friends with, you know, Solange and she moved in those circles. To cut a long story short, um, I, I was speaking to Oroma and at the same time, Solange was the face of Rimmel. Mm. Um, so I was like, you know what? Let me actually tell someone here at work. I went and told my superiors about, um, you know, Solange and she was supposed to have come to Bots apparently. Um, how about? You know, pitching some something, you know, for a cover. And I thought at the time, wow, she'd actually be an amazing owl cover. She's already an owl girl. If yeah. you think of what that person embodies and who they are, the style with substance, um, the, yeah, you know, being an individual and being yeah. unique. And she just ticked every single box. So anyway, um, luckily they ran with the idea, spoke to the brand, okay. made things work. And in no time, um, Solange was flying in Cape Town. Uh, so she arrived and we had a fitting with her and yeah, the, the owl cover happened. And what is great about that cover and w- what makes it so special, it was that it was, 
um, Solange at that point in her life where she was telling me, you know what, my record labels dropped me. Um, I'm independent. Oh, wow. Yeah, she she was going through something, but at the same time, in terms of her personal life, she was in such a great place. Um, she was and she was happy to be there. She came with Jacine, Christophe, um, and yeah, we shot the cover, and it was local designers, yeah. Tart, Pichulik. Um, so could we say? I mean, a lot of people have heard the a seat at the table yeah. and have seen the visuals, and I see mm. a lot of African. Um, a lot of African references and, and mm. an African dialogue and also just being pro-black, the album. Mm. Do you think that phase in her career started then? It, Do you think that could have been yeah. the absolutely. early traces of what she is now? I remember in terms of um, the mag, we had an itinerary that was you know, drawn up by the powers that be for her. Things to do because she was going to be in Cape Town for a couple yeah. of days and moving her from one hotel to the next for security reasons and all of that. Um, and you know what? Literally day one, she was like... We are the people. She that was actually her. She takes out her phone, it's cracked, the entire screen is cracked. Yeah. Um it had fallen, you know, whatever. So she takes out she asks for my number. Um says, you know what, I'm shooting, you know, a video and there wasn't really a hundred percent, you know, yeah. you know, clear plan for the video and all of that. And there were no read permits and things like that. But anyway, she invited me to be a part of, um, the shoot. And, um, anyway, I couldn't go on the first day I was going to Durban, but I immediately when I landed, I went straight to a hotel, arrived there, Solange is sleeping. <laughs> uh, yeah, I went home, came back later and yeah, we went to Gualanga, um, Started shooting, yeah. losing you, the music video. What was amazing, Stunning. and then went to Kalicha. It was just like a yeah. whole, you know, mis- missioning around Cape Town, basically. Um, what was great about that time is that Solange introduced me to the Italian photojournalist um, Daniel Tamani. He's based in Milan. Um, he was there. Ty Hunter was there. Tina Knowles was so you've there. known Ty Hunter We're chilling in a taxi. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Ty had this amazing wardrobe, Givenchy clothing and Alaya yeah. shoes. It was just like incredible. And I also threw in, you know, yeah. some textiles here and there. Um, but yeah, we got to be a part of that. And yeah. what was great about that, um, one of the scenes is that all of us were literally on our hands and knees helping because we knew the situation. We knew yeah. that, you know, Solange's friends, friends had come through. Um, people had like, you know, come all the way from New York or from wherever they came from to make this video work. So yeah. we're cutting, you know, posters up and pasting things on the wall, mopping floors, you know, Doing sweeping. Yeah. Cause you're like, you know, and we want to yeah. advance each other and help each other yeah. out. And I'm also grateful to be here as well. Yeah. So yeah, we worked and it was, it was amazing. Um, so that's how we met. Um, so some of the Congolese appears were on that yeah. shoot as well because, um, Solange had called Danielle and said, I love your book, Gentlemen of Bakongo yeah. and inspired by the visuals in that book. And she was like, please organize, you know, for Ooh. some of them to come through to this shoot. And Danielle came through and that's how I met him. And then he later asked me to write, um, the Africa chapter in his next book after that day. Wow. That's incredible. Right. Guys, can you believe it? It's almost the end of the show. I'm literally sad right now. Like time flies I have to when you are engaging in incredible conversation. When you're having fun. Yes. I'm having lots of fun. I have to say that I love your collaboration with Topshop. Thank you. Stunning. Thank you. I'm just trying to get the figure for it. <laughs> just yet. Asanda, 
in yes. closing, I'm sorry, I felt like there's so many things that we could yeah. discuss on the show. But in closing, you know, there's a lot of young black girls, number one, that are listening to you right now from Africa to the rest of the world, mm-hmm. um, who have dreams of being in the fashion space, who feel that the space that we're in is so out of place for them, or it feels like the platform is too far out for them to, to reach it. Mm-hmm. You know, you coming from Obisha at such humble beginnings and to have built such an incredible career, you know, how, what can you say to them? What message would you like for them to hear? And this recording is going to be a podcast. It's going to live for many years to come. And if someone in five years or even in a hundred years, when they listen to what you have to say right now, what message do you have for them? Mm. Um, never lose, lose hope. Don't give up. Pursue your passions. Um, be strong in your convictions and you will make it. Um, just very, very shortly, um, about my background, there were times when there wasn't much, you know, available to us. There was a point when my whole family, we all lived in one bedroom in this other family's home. And we all lived in this bedroom. There were times when, you know, we didn't have school shoes. Um, there were times when we didn't have much to eat. We didn't have lunch boxes. We'd just go to school. You know, there wasn't, you know, I, I didn't grow up with a silver spoon. I didn't grow up knowing anything about these industries and these brands. Um, and how to get from this level to the next and all of that. It's been by grace. Um, so trust your gut and believe that whatever it is that you have been called to do, it will materialize, it will happen, and you'll be a blessing because of it. There it is, guys. That's how we end the show. I don't think I have much to say, but thank you for tuning in. This is The Threaded Exchange, and this is the kind of show that we're building where we bring inspiring Africans who are changing you know, the African narrative who are progressive, who are cultured and who are brave. And next week, we're going to have another African who's going to be telling us their story. Please don't stop tweeting. Tweet us. Let us know what you think. Let us know who you feel we should have on the show. I'm Siabonga Beile, signing out from the Thread Exchange. Any last words, Lisa? I've got nothing. Asanda, you're amazing. <laughs> Thank you ciao. guys for tuing in. Ciao, ciao. Progressive, cultured, and brave. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. The Threaded Exchange with CMB. Live on Cliffcentral. Cliffcentral.com.